2 Kings chapter 5 is where we're going to go. 2 Kings chapter 5, and uh, we'll read verse 1, and then we'll skip down and read verses 10 through 12. 2 Kings chapter 5. Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. Verse 10, And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. Verse 11, But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Are not Abana and Farpar rivers of Damascus better? Everybody say better. He says, aren't these two rivers of Damascus better than all of the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. The man of God has sent a messenger out to Naaman and has told him what he needs to do in order to be healed of his leprosy. And um, Naaman doesn't like what he says. And then he says, I know of two other rivers of Damascus, and they are better than all the waters of Israel. And I want to preach to you for a few minutes, teach tonight. I'm not sure what we're going to do, but just talk to you for a little bit tonight from this thought. Better doesn't mean blessed. Better doesn't mean blessed. Would you lift your hands to the Lord tonight? Lord, I love you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. I thank you for your people that have gathered together in this place, Lord. And we thank you for your spirit that's in this place. I pray that you would anoint us to receive your anointed word. Do what you want to do in this place, Lord. I pray that you would speak to every heart, that you would speak to every mind, that you would speak to every life. Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house, to worship and to praise you. We ask you, Lord, to have have your way in this place. Do what you want to do, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you turn to your neighbor and would you tell them better doesn't mean blessed? Better doesn't mean blessed. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. And you can be seated. Thank you for standing. Second Kings chapter 5 is somewhat of a familiar story to us. If you've been around the church very long, no doubt you've heard this story preached from before. You've heard it taught in Sunday school. Naaman uh, has come to the house of Elisha because he is a leper. And I will quickly point out in verse number 1 that it says that Naaman was the captain of the host of the king uh, of Syria. He was a great man. He was an honorable man. Uh, he had caused great deliverance. Uh, that says that the Bible gave great deliverance or that the Lord gave great deliverance by this man, uh, Naaman. And it says that he was a mighty man of valor. 
But then it says he was a leper. And leprosy in scripture always represents sin. And so we understand that Naaman was a great man. He was a mighty man. He was a mighty man of valor. He had had much victory. Uh, he was respected. He was, um, people thought a lot of him. Uh, but it says he was a leper. It didn't matter who he was. It didn't matter how important he was. It doesn't matter how important what his title was. None of that matters. The Bible says that he was a leper. He still couldn't get away from the sin issue. And this is just a little side note. This isn't really what I plan on preaching tonight, but I will tell you this. It doesn't matter how important we are. It doesn't matter how uh, impressive we are. It doesn't matter what people call us on the job. It doesn't matter uh, how much we have going for us until we have the baptism in Jesus name and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost we struggle with leprosy it's a real problem and it doesn't matter this is kind of I don't want to give away the secret or not but but this is what your pastor knows when the visitor comes and they're an important person and and they got a lot of money and they're very important all and they got all these titles and all this other kind of stuff there's something that the preacher always knows it, it doesn't matter how important they are it doesn't matter uh, how impressive their resume is it doesn't matter what the world calls them until they've been baptized in Jesus' name and received the gift of the Holy Ghost, they're still struggling with sin. They're still a leper, and they're looking for something to help them get out of the situation that they're in. This is the advantage that the, that the preacher, that the minister has, as he understands that the people that come in, they are looking for something to help them with their leprosy. They're looking for something to help them with the sin problem. We're, we're not here to criticize and make fun because we've all been there. We all know what it's like, but we're here to say, hey, we know a way that you can get rid of this issue. Uh, we know someone that can take this issue away. We know somebody that can touch your life, that can change you, that can set you free, that can deliver you. Anybody been delivered tonight? Anybody been set free tonight? Uh, I'm thankful tonight that I know a Jesus that can take away every sin. Uh, I'm thankful that I know the one that can take the leprosy away. I'm thankful I know the one that can take the uncleanness out of my life. I'm thankful that I know him. I'm thankful that I have mercy and grace applied to my life. I'm thankful for what he's done for me. Anybody thankful you've been set free, that you've been delivered? Thankful you don't struggle with what you used to struggle with. We didn't do it by ourselves. We just found him. And this is the situation that Naaman is in. He understands it doesn't matter what they call me. It doesn't matter how important I am. It doesn't matter what my name is. It doesn't matter all of my titles. It doesn't matter what my resume is. If I don't have something, if somebody doesn't help me with this leprosy, if I don't get a healing, if God doesn't reach down and touch me, I'm going to die a leper. None of this other stuff is going to matter. Let me tell you, nothing else in this world will matter if I die a leper, if I die with the sin issue going on of my life. It won't matter. And this is what Naaman realizes. Until God helps me, until I get some help with my issue, it doesn't matter. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You had a lot of stuff going on and, and you were important and all that, but it didn't matter because you knew you had something eating at you. You knew you had something that had a hold of you that you couldn't handle by yourself. That's why leprosy represents, or sin is represented by leprosy because it is something that it doesn't matter. Everything else could be going good, but it still eats away at you. And this man named and recognizes I am a leper, and if I don't have deliverance, if something doesn't help me, if God doesn't help me, none of this other, nothing else is going to, it's not going to matter that I was a man of valor. 
all the victories, it's not going to matter. I'm still going to die a leper. And this is the ugly truth about sin. It doesn't matter how successful you are. It can't take away the sin. It doesn't matter how important you are. It can't take away the sin. Only Jesus can take away our sins. And this is why we come on we, like we have tonight on a Thursday night to worship and to magnify him and to praise him because we know without him nothing else would matter. Nothing else matters if I don't have him. That's why we're here tonight to worship, to praise, to learn about him because he is the ultimate. He is the most important thing going on in our life. And I'm thankful tonight for that. And so Naaman is in this situation. He knows I am hurting. And if the Lord doesn't help me. If something doesn't happen, I am going to die a leper. And so he makes his way into Israel. He makes his way to the house of Elisha. Elisha is in his house and uh, his servant comes into him and lets him know that there is an important man outside. Naaman is outside. He's not an Israelite. He's from Syria. Uh, but he's, he's important. He's somebody. And so Elisha sends message, uh, his messenger back out to Naaman. And verse 10 is where we read. It says that Elisha sent a messenger unto him saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times. And so the messenger gets the message from Elisha. He goes outside to Naaman and he just tells Naaman, this is what he said. He said, if you'll go dip in that old dirty water in Jordan, if you'll go dip in there seven times, it'll take care of your leprosy. I mean, and, and from what I'm about to read to you, it appears that Naaman was expecting a little more to it. He wanted it to be a little more involved. He said, you go wash in Jordan seven times, go dip in Jordan seven times, and your flesh is going to come back on you, and you're going to be clean. Now, you would think, just in my thinking, I, I like the easy way. I like the easy way. If, if, if you told me this is all I had to do to get delivered, I, you wouldn't have had to fight me to get down to Jordan. I would have gotten down there. But there was something about Naaman. He, he gets upset. So I want us to look at this because I believe in some of what Naaman says, we see some things possibly about ourselves that we don't even realize are there. Naaman in verse 11, if we could put, can we put verse 11 back up there? Is that possible? Man, y'all are on it. Look at that. Thank you. But Naaman was, first it says he was wroth and he went away. And this, I want us to pay attention here to what he says. He says, behold, I thought. Those are two dangerous words right there <laughs> when it comes to me and God. <laughs> because a lot of times my thinking wants to get in the way of what God is wanting to do. And this is exactly what Naaman says. Naaman gets mad and he says, it didn't happen the way I thought it ought to happen. He said, behold, I thought. And i got to be careful because my thinking will get me in trouble with what God is wanting to do. And he says, behold, I thought, and this, let's look at what he thought. He said, I thought he will surely come out to me. Now, this is the first thing that upsets him. He is upset 
that the man of God did not come out to him. He's upset that the man of God didn't come out to him. He's upset that he sent his servant out to him. He's offended. And I know some people, I, 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 I don't mean this to be whatever, but you just hang with me. Well, if God wants to tell me, he can tell me himself. Well, you can sit there and say that all day long. You're going to be waiting a long time. Most of the time, God uses a servant to speak to us. You ought to thank the Lord that you've got a servant of God here over this house that every Sunday gets up and preaches what thus saith the Lord. There's a lot of, you just hear me, there's a lot of people that don't want to hear what the servant says. They want to, well, if God wants to tell me, God will tell me. You're going to sit there a long time waiting on God to tell you. Most of the time when God speaks to us, it is through his servant. It is through the man of God. We ought to thank God every day that we've got a man of God that speaks to us what the Lord is saying. That can, is this okay tonight? That will speak to us what the word of God is saying. We need somebody to speak into our lives. I need to hear from God. I need to hear a preacher. It's preaching that is going to save me. I need a man of God that will preach the word of God to me. And this is what makes Naaman mad. He says, I thought. I didn't think he'd send some servant out here. But he sent a servant out here. I'm important. Doesn't he know who I am? Doesn't he know what they call me on the job? Don't they know how important I am? Don't they know all the victories that I've won? He said, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand. Listen, look at this. He's got it all planned out. He said, I, not only did I expect him to come out, but I thought he would do it like this. I thought he would come out and that he would stand, call on the name of the Lord his God, strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Now, I don't know about you. We can make fun of Naaman, but there's been a lot of times I've had it all figured out how God needs to do it in my life. You ever been praying about something and asking God to move in something and asking him to work in a situation and in your mind you've got it pictured exactly how it's going to go? That's okay. We all do it. Just don't get mad about it when it doesn't happen that way. <laughs> we all do it. What we have to recognize and realize, it's okay if I'm praying and I imagine and I have an idea of how God is going to do it, but I can't let that get in the way of the way God is actually going to do it because what I found out is most of the time when God actually does it, it doesn't happen the way I've planned it out. It doesn't happen the way I want it to happen, but God does it his own way however he wants to do it. I don't want to be so upset that God violated my plan and the way I wanted to do it that I miss what God God wanted to do in my life and that I miss the miracles that God is wanting to perform in my life. I, I don't want to have such a preconceived idea of how God should do it that I miss what God is actually wanting to do because I'm distracted because I have it all planned out and ironed out for him. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to seek him. But Lord, whatever you want to do, do it. However you want to do it, do it. However you want to work, work. I'm open, Lord. I'm available. However you want to do the miraculous in my life, in my family, in my church, Lord, do it. However you want to do it. And so he's upset because it didn't happen the way he wanted it to happen. And then he says this. Are not Abana and Farpar 
rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel. May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned away and went away in a rage. He says, okay, even if I want, if I, okay, if I'm going to do it the way he's told me to do it, I still have a better way to do it. Because that Jordan River, it's a low river. It it's actually means descender. You got to go down. It's slippery. It's muddy. So I did a little bit of research, and I, I checked out these other rivers of Damascus that he's talking about. And I was reading and uh, trying to act like I was smart. <laughs> and uh, I found out that these rivers, they, they have nice, white, sandy beaches. And people will go out there and just spend a day at the river and enjoy the water. It's like a beach. And he's not lying when he says they're better. They are better. They are nicer. They're more comfortable. You can keep your pride intact at these rivers. You're not going to embarrass yourself at these rivers because people go out there all the time to go swimming and just have a good time. And, you know, old Naaman, he could just slip on out there while everybody's out there having a good time. He can go out there as far as he wants to go, and he can dip in those rivers. This is his thinking. And these rivers are better. They're nicer. They're cleaner. But the problem is, is Naaman can go to those rivers and he can dip 7,000 times for 700 days and he's never going to get the miracle because that is not the place where the blessing is at. Israel always represents the church. And Elisha says, if you're going to get your miracle, you're going to have to do it within the boundaries of the blessing. You're going to have to do it within this place, the place that God has said you've got to do it. If I am going to get in my life what God wants to give me, I have got to do it the way God has instructed me to do it. It doesn't matter if there is a better way. It doesn't matter if there's a more clean way. It doesn't matter if there's a way I can do it and keep my pride intact. I don't need better. I need what is blessed. Okay, so let, let, me, let me preface this before I go on any further. I am not against better things. I like better things. I like new things. I mean, I don't know how you could get any better. Y'all got good sound, good music, good church, good... Pa I mean, you're, you're blessed around here. So I don't want to hear none of y'all talking about something better. <laughs> but I'm not against better stuff. I'm not against that. I'm not against having better things, but I don't want anything that doesn't have the blessing of God on it. And the danger is, as human nature is, we always want what is better. Right? Don't we? I mean, let's just be honest here tonight. We, you know, we're all, we all live good. We're thankful for what we have. I know all of that. But, I mean, who wouldn't like a better car? A better house. But what we have to be careful is in our pursuit of better that we don't get outside of the will of God because there is a danger in always pursuing what is better. 
Because there's people that have lost out with God in pursuit of what is better. And in their pursuit of what is better, they have gone outside of the boundaries of what God has blessed. I don't ever want to leave God's blessing. I don't care how much better it is. You cannot sacrifice God's blessing, God's power, God's favor. What God is doing in your life is not worth anything else that presents itself as better. Is this okay tonight? Let me just talk to you. Can I just talk to you? It's just us here tonight. I just want to talk to you. Not every job that is quote unquote better is a blessed job. Is that okay? And I don't want to get caught up in pursuing what is better and miss what is blessed. Because what it, what's happening here with Naaman is what happens with us a lot of times. Okay, God. All right. I see your plan. I see what you want to do. But let me tweak it a little bit. I just want to make it a little bit better. I want to make it a little more, you know, I don't want to have to hurt my pride as much. I want to be able to do it and, and you know, still kind of do it the way I want to do it. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12. If you could throw that up there. I'm sorry, I'm using so much Bible. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12. This is a, very good verse of scripture. You might want to mark it down or make a note. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12. Here is the danger. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man. It seems better. It seems right. But the end thereof are the ways of death. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. He's saying this. There are ways, there are things that in our human reasoning and in our own way of thinking, we will think it's the right way. We'll think it's better. And if I am not careful, I will end up outside of the blessing of God because I'm pursuing the thing that I think is right. I'm pursuing the thing that I think is better, but I am not viewing it through the lens of God's word of what God has called me to do. And it says, this is the way of destruction. I want to make sure that the way I'm pursuing is God's way. It's not good enough just for it to seem better. It's not good enough for it to just seem right. But I have got to make sure that what I am pursuing is God's will. You said, well, if it's God's will, you know, if it's not God's will, why would it seem good? Why would it seem better? I am so thankful you asked. Thank you. You, you led me right to the next point. I got more Bible for you. You okay? Genesis chapter 3. You know what's about to happen in Genesis chapter 3. Verse 1 tells us the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. And it says that he says to the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat every tree of the garden. Now, this is just a side note here, and then we'll get to what I want to talk about. I, this is something that, I wondered about for a long time and I researched it out and the way I researched it out was I just went through my Bible and I just looked and I found it. 
You know what I, I, was, I was searching for? I was searching, I was searching the scripture for the first question that was ever asked in the Bible. And you're, you're a theologian, you, you know all this, but I didn't know. So I was, I had just going through and I got to look and I found out Adam didn't ask a question, Eve didn't ask a question. The first question mark in your Bible is this question right here. And look who it is that asked it. That old serpent. And what was the question? Did God really say that? Isn't that interesting? That that old trick in Genesis chapter 3, verse number 1, that question is the same question he uses today. Did God really say that? Now, do you really think that's what God meant And he still uses that trick today. So now I want us to go down a little bit further. And I want us to look at verse number six. Now, we understand that God had the one tree in the garden. He said, you can't eat it. You can't. So in, in my mind, I'm thinking, all right, God, if you put a tree in the garden that I can't eat and I can't have the fruit, surely there's, you know, it's going to stink and be nasty and, and the fruit's going to be bad. and It's going to be rotten all the time and nobody's going to I want you to look at verse number six. So we got number six. I'm telling you, y'all these guys back here are like super crew. Y'all are awesome. All right. I want you to see this in the description of, of the tree and of the fruit. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, it was good to eat it, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree to be Desired to make one wise. Now that's not how I would imagine that. I would imagine that'd be some horrible, nasty, but the principle is true. This fruit appears good. It appears all right. The only thing on that tree was the word of God saying, don't touch that tree, don't eat that tree, don't have anything to do with that tree. That's it. It still looked good. And there are things in our life that we have to understand. It's just something that God's saying, stay away from it, don't mess with it. I'm not saying it won't look better. I'm not saying it doesn't sound better. I'm not saying it won't look good to the eyes. I'm not saying that you won't think it's good. He said, all I'm saying is don't touch it, don't eat it, don't mess around with it. And we've got to recognize in our life there's some things that although it might look better and it might look good, that there's there's some things in my life that God has just drawn a line around and said, don't mess with it, don't touch it, and I have to trust and believe him. I can't trust my own thinking. I found out just a few minutes ago in Proverbs, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end of that way is destruction. I can't have my life end in destruction because I'm just pursuing after things that look better, that look okay, that look good. I've got to recognize that just because something is better than my current circumstance does not mean it's blessed, does not mean it has the blessing of God, does not mean it has the favor of God. I want to make sure I am in line with what God is wanting in my life, with what God is wanting in my family, with what God is wanting in my church. And so she sees that it's good that it's pleasant to the eyes. 
that it's a tree to be desired to make one wise. And so she takes it and she eats of it. And you know the rest of the story. We're still living with the consequences of it because then she gives it to Adam and then the judgment comes. It's an important thing to remember. And I, I, you, you probably here already are aware of this, but it's important to remember that just because something appears better doesn't mean it's blessed. And there are a lot of people that have taken God's plan of salvation and they've sanitized it and they've watered it down and they've changed it and they've done things to it. That's why you ought to be thankful you're in a church that preaches truth. That still preaches it straight. I, he was, pastor was telling me before, before service, how many of y'all have been baptizing around here in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. That's the only saving name. It's the only way to be baptized. I know there's people that do it different ways, but it's the only way to do it. It's the only way to be baptized is in the saving name of Jesus Christ. And we can't change. I, I know it'd be better. I know we'd be more accepted if we did it different ways, but it's just the way God told us to do it. And so we've just got to do it God's way. Does that make sense? So that's why if you hadn't been baptized, in Jesus name you need to get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ it is the only saving name it's the only name that can take away sin it's the only name that can wash those sins away forever it can cure the leprosy it can take care of the sin problem it is the name of Jesus Christ Jesus said this except the man is born of the water and the spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of God Born of the water is baptism in Jesus' name. Born of the Spirit is the infilling of the Holy Ghost. When you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, you will speak in other tongues. You will speak in a heavenly language. And that's the way the Bible says to do it. I know there's people that do it different ways. I know there's people that quote unquote do it better ways and ways to make people feel more comfortable and all that. But I'm telling you, until you speak in another language, until you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, you haven't received the Spirit of God. If you haven't received that, I wouldn't leave here tonight without it. It's the best thing that can ever happen to you. It'll change your life. It'll take the leprosy away. I know there's people doing it different ways. I know there's quote unquote better ways, but I want to do it God's way. I want the blessing of God on my life, on my family, on my church. I want his will to be done. I want his purpose to be done in my life. And more important than having better things, I want to have blessed things. It's not, a, it's not very popular. I'm, I'm closing up. I'm, you want to come play something? All right, perfect. I don't know what y'all normally do. I'm trying to trying to wrap up and if somebody starts walking to the piano it puts the pressure on me because I know what people are thinking it's closing time <laughs> but just in my going around and being around people and talking to people I, you know you hear the stuff is it a heaven or hell issue and all this let, let me I'm not, I'm not up here to preach heaven and hell issues I'm not doing that at all what I don't want to do is I don't want my desire to be happy to be greater than my desire to go to heaven. Does that make sense? 
I don't want to be so consumed with better things and things that will make me happy and the next great thing. And I just want to do this and I just want to do that, that I lose sight that I've just got a little bit of time on this earth and then I'm going into eternity and I'm going to spend eternity somewhere. Friend, you and I are going to spend eternity somewhere and I sure want to have the blessing of God on my life when that time comes for me, for my family. Our pursuit of better things a lot of time is simply driven by what our flesh wants to do. But if we're really going to pursue God, we've got to put that flesh aside, what that flesh wants to do, and that better stuff that our flesh wants. Like Naaman, I, I didn't have time to get to it tonight, but, but Naaman, his servants finally talk some sense into him and say, Naaman, if he'd asked you to do some hard thing, some mighty thing, wouldn't you go do it? And he said, yeah, I would. They said, why don't you just give it a try? Why don't you give it a shot? And the Bible says that Naaman finally humbled himself and went down to that Jordan River. And he dipped in that river seven times. And the Bible says that when he comes up out of that water the seventh time, that his flesh was like the flesh of a baby. It was brand new. He was made new when he just obeyed what God told him to do. I'm going to tell somebody tonight, if we'll just obey what God is telling us to do, there's things that will come together. There's things that will be made new if we'll just be obedient to him and obedient to his word.